0: several people started to comment to me about they thought I ought to preach again some of the messages that I had preached in the past and call them classics. I'm not telling you that 50 or 100 people came and told me that, but I'd say six or seven people did recommend that to me. And I started giving it some thought because there are a lot of things that I know that I have preached I'd like to preach again. I'd like to be able to tell you that I know I'm doing it, not that I just forgot that I did it the first time. And so that's why I'm telling you about this right now. I do plan to do that. And if you have anything that you want me to preach on that you have, you see on our website as a reminder or just something that you remember, as I've had several messages suggested to me that people would like to hear again, feel free to let me know. I won't promise that I'll do it, but... I've always tell people when they say something like that to me, well, you can hear it on the website. And they say, well, it's not quite the same thing. And I grant you, I know it isn't. But I think, again, what really stirred me to think about this was the message I'm preaching this morning. And I did not realize the closeness of the date. But this message I preached one year ago on November the 8th, and today, of course, is November the 6th. So I preached it one year ago on Sunday morning. It did not get recorded that morning because of a mishap, and so we have no record of that message. I did not go back, therefore, and listen to it again, so I would preach the same thing again. But I do have the same notes that I used, and I've looked at them and revised them and checked on them and followed up on them and looked at the Scriptures all over again. And so I'm preaching to you this message that was suggested to me at that time, When it wasn't recorded, we couldn't have it on our website. I had several people say, well, well, Pastor, preach that again. In a a few weeks, preach that again. And I said, I think it's a good idea. I will. I never did it. And I wasn't planning necessarily to do this because of the date. It's just that I was looking through some things that I might want to preach on again. And I came across this, and this, this is a message that actually challenged my heart when I preached it the first time. And then I saw, as I looked at the date on it that I always record, I saw when I had preached it and realized it was November the 8th of 2015, so it just seemed to be a propitious thing that it came about that way and for me to preach the same thing this morning. So I'm going to preach to you a message this morning that I called at the time and I call it today, No Claim. And I hope that this will be a blessing that, to you, that it will minister to you from the Word of God. I have, since I've I've been in this church, I have never preached an old sermon from the past. I've got, I wouldn't tell you how many notes, I've got CDs full of notes from sermons from years and years and years ago. I've never preached one of them in this church. And I've not repeated messages that i preached here. So I'm just saying that to let you know that I'm doing this by design and with purpose that I hope is going to be a blessing to you. Now, I'll mention a couple of things. I've had some people ask me specifically to preach, again, the message that I preached that I called Somebody Prayed. And I will be bringing that to you sometime soon. I'm not putting these in any certain order. I'm just waiting on the Lord to bring them to me to preach them. I'll pray and seek the same anointing that God's given me before and believe that He'll give me that anointing, and even greater as I preach it to you this time. So today... I want to share with you this message that I call No Claim. Father, I pray that the Holy Spirit will invade everything that we're doing right now, saturate all that we're doing. May our minds be filled with the work of the Holy Spirit as you give us light and illumination and clarity and understanding, as you give us faith and build up within us, Lord, that which we have to have to serve you in victory and in triumph. Minister to us today as this word is declared, for it is your word. And by doing that, Lord, by preaching your word, we will honor you, and you will honor us with the work of the Holy Spirit as this word is proclaimed. Make it alive in our hearts so that we understand it and receive it, and stand on it by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. John chapter 14. In John 14, the disciples are already in the upper room. And when Jesus says all the wonderful things that he does in, in the fourteenth chapter and the fifteenth as well, he is teaching the disciples in that upper room on that last occasion that they were together before he was rested and and taken to be and and taken to be crucified. So in that time, at the very last of that chapter. At the very end of that chapter, Jesus spoke these words, John chapter 14, verses 30 and 31, the last two verses of the chapter. He said, I will no longer talk much with you, for the ruler of this world is coming. He has no claim on me, but I do as the Father has commanded me, that is, he gives himself up voluntarily, for the cross and the sacrifice. I do as the Father has commanded me so that the world may know that I love the Father. Now what Jesus made very clear in the words that he spoke on this occasion is that the enemy had no power, no authority, no control, no claim on him. He was absolutely free to do whatever he chose to do. By his own free will relative to the cross, his sacrifice on the cross, followed by his resurrection. When Jesus was arrested, he spoke to the men who were about to defend him and to his captors as well. And said to them, you can have no authority over me unless the Father gave it to you. That was the occasion when he said, Don't you know that if I did not want to go through this, I could call on my father and he would send me 12 legions of angels to come to my rescue. It's a kind of a nebulous thing to figure out exactly how many men were in a legion, but this is a reference to the Roman army as that was a part of the way the army was organized. So people of that day knew what a legion was. And as I've researched it, I find that it's at least 6,000 men per legion and maybe more than that. So putting it at 6,000 per legion, and Jesus said he could have called 12. I don't know why he chose the number 12. He could have said 15. He could have said 24. And it would have been just as accurate either time because God would have sent whoever he wanted him to send and however many he wanted him to send. But I'm sure he knew that 12 legions of angels in the minds of all of those people would be enough to take him out of that captivity that he was about to embraced, and that cruel trial he's about to undergo. And he could have been set free if he chose to be set free. So if 6,000 angels per legion were called on, and he called for 12, that would have been 72,000 angels. I think that's about enough to take care of anything that the palace guards could do there, anything that the Roman soldiers could do as they... uh, cooperated with Pilate in his arrest and crucifixion. I think that's enough to set him free from anything that could have been thrown against him. But he didn't call for the twelve legions of angels because he was going voluntarily to his sacrifice. He said they could not make him go. That's his whole point. They could not make him go. They couldn't take charge of him unless he let them do it. They couldn't do anything with him unless he allowed them to do it. He was completely in charge of his life and his death. Is what he's declaring. But later on, when he's before Pilate, he said the same thing. He's standing before Pilate, and the Pilate is questioning him, and he said to Pilate, You could have no claim on me unless it were given from above. No claim. Now, he didn't, he didn't just say Pilate wouldn't have any claim on him. He's saying, You're the representative of Rome, you're the Roman governor of this province. And I'm saying to you as a representative of Rome, you have no claim on me. Rome has no claim on me. The devil has no claim on me. The world has no claim on me. I am free to obey the will of my father by my own choice and by my own election. Nothing can make this happen unless I will for it to happen. You have no claim on me. And then in John chapter 10 verse 18 This is what he says. This is Jesus speaking. No one takes my life from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my Father. I have the authority to lay my life down in crucifixion as a sacrifice for the sins of mankind. I have authority to reclaim my life again in the resurrection. The devil has no claim on me. The crucifixion is not because the devil overcame Jesus and triumphed over him. The crucifixion declares authoritatively in the words of Jesus that he has no claim on Jesus. Jesus is free at liberty to do what the Father God wants him to do and what he, according to the will of the Father, wants to do. Nothing could make that happen without His will, without His willingness to allow it to happen. Nobody, nobody, no power, no authority, no enemy of hell, no enemy of the world has any authority over Jesus. Nothing has any claim on Him. That's a powerful understanding when we come to that. It says He willingly died for us. And then, this is, this is significant and important. This is what I want to get to with you. If Satan has no claim over Jesus, and that was authoritatively established by what Jesus said, by what happened in the wilderness temptation, all of that verifies Jesus is free from any claim that Satan may try to impose on him. But if Jesus is free from any claim of Satan, and Satan can make no claim on him, it is also true that he can make no claim on us. <laughs> that's the wonderful thing. Right? If, if he can make no claim on Jesus, he, is, he has no claim on Jesus, he has no claim on us. And I want to let you know why that's true. I will make it very clear to you why that's true. It's because of what Jesus did. Willingly, gladly, joyfully, he says, in fact, That for the joy that was set before him, Paul wrote, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame. He endured that cross for the joy, and I preached the message on this too. You may not remember, but a long time ago, I preached on the joy of Jesus, and I said, we are the joy of Jesus. He bore the cross for us because he wanted to see our salvation. And joyfully take us to heaven. So for the joy that was set before Jesus, he endured the cross. And the joy that was set before him was, all men can come to him for salvation, receive that forgiveness of sin, be prepared to leave this world and live forever in heaven in the presence of our Father God. Because Jesus died with no claim from Satan on him. He died under the authority of his own sacrifice. He died willingly as the Father planned so that our salvation could be complete. Satan, therefore, has no claim on us. This is a wonderful poem that I learned a long time ago. I remember it over the years. It's written by a wonderful Christian lady, a great poetess. And this is what that poem says. I sinned. And straightway, post-haste, Satan flew before the presence of the Most High God and made a railing accusation there. The soul, he said, the soul, this thing of clay and sod has sinned. It's true he's named your name, but I demand his death, because you have said the soul that sinneth, it shall die. Shall not your sentence be fulfilled? Is justice dead? Send now this wretched sinner to his doom. Thus he did accuse me day and night, and every word he spoke was true. But then, quickly, one rose from God's right hand. Before his glory, the angels veiled their eyes. He spoke. Each jot and tittle of the law must be fulfilled. This guilty sinner dies. But wait! Suppose his guilt were all transferred to me, and that I paid his penalty. Behold my hands, my side, my feet. One day I was made sin for him and died that he might be presented faultless at thy throne. Then Satan flew away. Full well he knew that he could not prevail against such love. For every word my dear Lord spoke was true. And that's why And that's why, my friends, that's why Satan has no claim on us. He has no claim on us because Jesus paid the price for us to be free from that claim that sin allowed Satan to impose upon us, from that bondage that sin allowed Satan to use to enslave us, ensnare us, and enchain us. He set us free by his own willing sacrifice on the cross, and in doing so, while he declared Satan had no claim on him because he died for us and paid the price for us and we accepted that, it declares he also has no claim on us. Hallelujah. Because Jesus is free from the claims of Satan. We are free from those claims. Hallelujah. This is what Colossians says. Paul wrote to the Colossians, the Amplified Version, chapter 3, verse 3. For you died to this world, and your new, real life is hidden with Christ in God. If we're hidden with Christ, we're in him and he's in us, that says we have the same privilege of freedom from the bondage of Satan that Jesus had. We have the same liberty. In Christ, the Bible speaks of us being in Christ. It also speaks of Christ being in us. It's not a contradiction. It just speaks of the fullness of it all. Whether we're in Christ, He's in us, and both are true. Because of that, we have the same freedom that Jesus had. No claim on Jesus. We're in Him. He's in us. So no claim on us. We have the victory. Every day that we'll claim it, we have the victory. And we can receive it through Christ because He paid the price for it. Now see how totally identified with well. God. This is, again, another verse of Scripture. 1 John chapter 4, verse 17. By this is His law perfected with us, so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment, because as He is, so also are we in this world. As Jesus says, so are we in this present world. That means that the liberty and the victory that Jesus has, we have. Through the cross, through the resurrection, through His eternal, everlasting, victorious power, we have the freedom and the liberty that Jesus had. He didn't have to go to the cross, but he did. Not because Satan had a claim on him, but because he wanted to make a way for us to join him. And in doing that, he made a way for us to be a part of him and him to be a part of us. If any man is in Christ, 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 27, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. If any man be in Christ... In Christ, Christ in us, over and over again, the New Testament makes it clear. He lives in us. We live in him. Therefore, the same liberty that Jesus had, free from the claims of Satan, we enjoy. We are living in a victory where Satan has no claim on us. Hallelujah. Jesus went on to say, John chapter 15, he said, If you were of the world, the world would love you. As its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. He chose us out of the world. Praise God. There again, no claim. John 7, the great high priestly prayer, this is what he said. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. He's praying for us when he says that. He's talking about you and me. When he says we are not of this world. Just as He's not of this world, we're not of this Why? Why? Are we not, why are we not of this world just as He's not of this world? Because we're identified with Him in all that He did. Because there's no claim on us. And we have liberty and freedom and victory in the very same way that Jesus did. They're not of this world just as I'm not of this world. He's praying for us. And this is His high priestly prayer. As the great priest of glory, He prays that for us. So I want you to see how totally identified we are with Christ so if he satan has no claim on Christ then he has no claim on us are you with me up to this point if he has no claim on Christ then he has no claim on us that means that every day you can get up and declare i'm free in Christ satan you can't do anything to me today because you have no claim on me i'm god's child Jesus Christ is my elder brother. I've been brought into the kingdom by His sacrifice, by the price He paid for me. And because you have no claim on Him, you have no claim on me. You don't have to exercise that, but you can exercise it. And you can know in your life, you can know in your life, every day, all day, all the time, that you are living in a victory that Christ has provided for you because Satan has no claim on you. How many of you are glad to hear that? I'll tell you, every time I think about it, every time I dwell on it, every time I get on my knees and realize it, I get excited about this because he can. I know that he can do nothing to me I know that he can do nothing to you. He cannot. He, he, he may batter you. He may attack you. But he can't win the victory over you. Because he doesn't have the right to do that. You see. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. So he has no claim on you. He has no claim on me. He has no claim on the child of God Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Colin, he has no claim on you. <laughs> the devil will say you otherwise, but he has no claim on you. <laughs> Glory to God. I'm a, I feel I like called everybody's name in here. I feel like walking around just calling everybody's name and say, Charlie, he has no claim on you. Terry, he has no claim on you. Thomas, he has no claim on you. Clayton, he has no claim on you. Ellie has no claim on you. Hugh, he has no claim on you. Jackie has no claim on you. Al, (laughs) the devil tried to tell you otherwise, but he has no claim on you. (laughs) Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. So you want to live in victory? You say to Satan... Just what Jesus said. You have, no <laughs> you have no claim on me. And when he says, well, prove it, there is what you do. You pick up this Bible and you place those things where I just read, all those places as Jesus was getting ready to be arrested and crucified, where he said over and over again, you have no claim on me. Those soldiers who were arresting me, you have no claim. Pilate, you have no claim. of oh, the Roman Empire, you have no claim. Satan, devil, trying to destroy me and destroy the plan of God. You cannot do it because you have no claim on me. And he has no claim on you and me because we are one with Christ, joined with him. And Christ's victory is our victory. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So he has no claim. I'm going to repeat to you when the devil tells you otherwise, when the devil tells you I've got you now. I've got you now. Let me go because you have no claim on me. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Marilyn, that wheelchair is not a claim. That's not a claim on you. That's not a claim on that wheelchair. It's not a claim on you. In the midst of that wheelchair is not a claim on you. <laughs> because the devil cannot impose his will on you. Not while you're a child of God, not while you're a servant of God. It's God's will that puts you in the place of victory that you want to be. It's God's place to bring you into that overcoming, conquering status that God promises to those who are in him who are sold out and given up and yielded to Him. You are victorious because the Bible says you are. You are more than a conqueror through Him who loved us because the Bible says you are. Greater is He that is in you. We're in Christ. Christ is in us, I told you. Greater is He that is in you than he that's in the world. Hallelujah. So there's no claim that Satan can put on you, no matter what kind of lie he tells you. It doesn't work. If you won't believe it, there's no claim he can put on you because you are free. You are free. You are free in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I'm sorry I didn't get anybody over on this side. You're just as free as everybody else is. (laughs) Connor, he has no claim on you. (laughs) Glory to God. He, He. no matter what no matter what sight tells us faith tells us this is true he has to claim on anyone in this place if you give yourself up to Jesus this is with the child of God you don't have to be the most perfect Christian I'm not saying I'm just saying you have to be having your faith in Jesus Christ and when you do you're set free from the claims of the devil not only in this world not only in this life, but in all of eternity and for time to come, you are promised eternal life in Jesus Christ. And the devil cannot stop that. <laughs> the devil can't change that. When you came to Jesus, you got eternal life. And the devil can't take it away from you. Because he has no claim, no claim, absolutely no claim whatsoever, can he impose on you. And if you believe that, you've got victory today. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. If I just, I'm looking for a place to shout. I don't know. If I'm, I don't want to trip over the carpet or fall off the steps, but I'll just get right down here. Glory to God. Hallelujah. This is a good time to shout. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. No claim. No claim. No claim. No claim. No claim that he put on a, Glory to God. Everybody stand with me, please. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus.